Welcome to Five Good Thoughts. We're joined today with Laura Gravitt, pastor of discipleship at Columbia Baptist Church in the D.C. metro area. Laura, so glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for the invitation to join you. So today we have uh, five good thoughts on discipleship, and we're just going to jump right in. So without further ado, start us off with number five. Yeah, number five for me kind of came up when I was recently talking with an elder pastor of a rural church, and he was sharing a story about his church, uh, where it is today currently. Uh, they're sitting at about 20 people attending their weekly Sunday school class, where in um, decades prior, they were as high as 400. And it just reminded me how important it is that we are in a space where we need to lament um, what has uh, happened to us in this pandemic, but also to move forward in hope. And to in that realization is we take time to pause and to think about um, what our experience has been in the past, but also realizing that 2019 and decades before aren't coming back. And so we need to move forward and thinking about what is God calling his people to next. That's really good. I, you know, one of the, the first pieces I read back in when COVID hit was um, describing it as a ice age and not a blizzard. And, yeah. and I wish I would have taken more stock of that. This isn't something we're going to weather. This is something that's going to foundationally change the environment in which we work and serve in. Uh, and, and that's obviously now starting to take some root and, and we're seeing that play out in a grander scale. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leads me to number four. And that is that we have to be really clear on our purpose for everything that we do. And so we're, um, we're really having to ask ourselves as the church today, what is our purpose? Are we simply trying to do things, programs, activities to save the institution of the church, or are we trying to love people in the way of Jesus? And, and so for us, we've been thinking about how do we learn to be friends with people and not just treat them as a target to get them to come to church? And really asking ourselves the tough question is, why are people not coming to our church? And, and really kind of going deeper with that. So it's not always just the surface level answer there, um, but we really want to be um, figuring out what are the pain points for the families in our community and what are people really dealing with and how does the church show up to be, uh, to bring, uh, to meet those needs in our community, not just for the sole purpose of, can I get you to come to my my church. And that's not what Jesus was about. And that's not why he created the church. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what have y'all discovered in the why? Why aren't people coming to your church and maybe the church? Yeah, I think in this in this pandemic time, we know that it was a great accelerator of things that were already happening uh, in our communities. And and so when people push pause for their attendance, um, they really started to take stock. And I think some of the questions families are asking themselves is what is the value that I'm getting out of um, the church? And I think the church has to be honest in answering our question because sometimes uh, the answer we have isn't, isn't a value to the families. And so how do we meet families where 
those needs are and provide that added value and not just one more thing for families to do on a very busy activity schedule. Yeah, that's really good. That's hard. That's, that's a really hard evaluation to do of yourself. Um, and because we like the things we do and, and some of the things we do are really great. Uh, and, and it's not that you throw everything away, but I do think the evaluation becomes really important um, as we yeah. press forward. Yeah, and, and, you know, what we're finding, too, is that, you know, we, we want to make sure that our mission is front and center, our purpose is front and center, and out of that comes the activity. And so I think sometimes in church, and when I'm working with pastors, um, particularly working in age-level discipleship, it's very easy to, to look at this church or that church and compare ourselves or look at a curriculum on a shelf and say, oh, if I just do this this activity or this program, that's going to be the silver bullet. People are going to start coming. And we're finding that that's not, not true, but we need to really understand and ask ourselves, why did God put your church in the location he put you there? And what are the resources that your church uniquely has? And, and how do you bring those together? And, and, you know, start from that position as opposed to like, well, what kind of What's the latest curriculum that is being um, promoted? And let me just try that. And so that's not going to, that wasn't really getting it done before. It's certainly not going to get it done going forward. Yeah. Well, our listeners are going to be very disappointed that you're not going to offer them a silver bullet today. So, uh, but <laughs> hold on could. guys, don't leave the, the podcast. We're going to keep going uh, with number three. Well, number three, I think does come about as close to a silver bullet as as there might be one. And that's really to really be uh, thinking about discipleship in a much different way. And so when, which I think gives us a lot of freedom when we start opening up the options to think of discipleship in a 24 uh, seven type of uh, way, a type of lens, as opposed to thinking only specifically about the limited time blocks that people have said they give us Sunday morning at the church, at this certain time. And what we're finding is, is that um, people want to engage with church. People are still curious about faith. People still have a place in their life to talk about spiritual conversations. Parents still want the church to partner with them. But what they're asking for is something very different than what the church has been willing to give. We've kind of held fast and said, well, if you are really committed to the church and your faith, then you would make time to come when we're offering the program at the place we're offering it. And now we're discovering is that um, we actually have more opportunity to, to engage people with their discipleship than what we've given ourselves permission to do. But that means we have to do the hard work and give ourselves permission to um, to you know, disconnect sometimes from the limited time block of Sunday morning and to look for ways to engage families uh, throughout the week. So you're saying we can make disciples that may not come to our church? Well, they might not initially and we, and they might not consistently. So, but there is other ways to keep people engaged. And so where we are um, in the past, our metrics have been how many people showed up in the seats? How much offering did we receive? Um, 
you know, these kind of, those were two of our biggest metrics. But now when we're thinking about, we're thinking about engagement, how do we stay engaged and connected with people throughout the week? Um, have they found a place of service? Are they part of a small group? Are they regularly uh, giving and tithing? Are they inviting their friends? You know, are they making invitations to their friends? So it doesn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're not ever saying nobody ever come back to church. We certainly have a, a um, I love the local church and uh, this is my life's work. And, and there is a very important reason that we gather for weekly worship and we gather at other times. So there will be those gathering points, but going back to number five and number four is we want to be very clear on our purpose of why we're doing them. Um, and then to think broader about, about that in terms of 24 seven, how can you connect and engage people uh, in their faith as a and rather than a program? That's really good. So two is typically where we find our resources. I'd also be really interested in any tools. I know I'm springing this on you tools uh, that you've discovered to help engage for that 24 uh, seven kind of discipleship. I think those might be actually two similar, but different categories. Yeah. So one of the things that our team has uh, worked on for the last couple of years is uh, the Thinkific platform. And so one of the ways that we've engaged our um, our leaders, uh, our small group leaders, is we think of it as, a, as a, a training platform. And so we go out and we make short little videos, training videos, and we post them up to our leaders and they can access those training videos at any time that's um, convenient for them. So in prior years, our habit was to only offer training on site at a designated time and everybody had to come. And if you didn't come, then you basically missed out on the content. But what Thinkific does allows for us to do is, is to put the content out there. Leaders can access it over and over again and during a time when it's uh, convenient for them. And then, and then we host gatherings where we are together because <clears throat> proximity is still important for leaderships to have that touch. But it, but it allows us to have kind of a both and. So we have our monthly gathering. We send out the content during the week leading up to that gathering. So the leaders have opportunities to think in advance with us about the topic and the conversation. If it happens to fall on a Sunday where they're out of town, they still get the content. They can still engage with us. And, um, but also uh, we provide that opportunity for leaders to be in the room together and to unpack some of these um, topics that we're, we're training on. So that's just one example. We also do that for like our new members class as well. So we um, offer the same kind of thing, video recording, new members. We'll look at that and then we gather at the end of it for a lunch and a meet the pastor. That's great. That's great. That, and that's, I, I, that's any church, any size. Now we've kind of figured this out of you can record and send out informational content um, at any point. You don't have to be a, a large production. It doesn't have to be super uh, fancy or that sort of thing, but we've kind of figured this out that uh, recording is easy, send it out, get it in the hands of your people. That's really, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little thing, but it is, can be really transcendent in how we are training and engaging folks. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes we do our record, even though we have video cameras and recording and we have a studio, a small studio, I mean, like 
<laughs> it's a small studio. <laughs> it's not fancy. <laughs> it's a room. <laughs> and, uh, but sometimes we record the, I, I record my videos right on my phone sitting at my desk. Yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. really great. Um, other resources, books, podcasting, something we need to be paying attention to. So I'm a big fan of Kerry Newhoff and some of the work that he's doing. He sends out daily emails and he has podcasts and, and all kinds of training resources. And um, so I just, I'm on his email and I don't get to read everything every day, but there's definitely uh, topics that I archive and have been really helpful for us uh, during this transition and this time. That's really good. Very good. All right. So now we've traveled through four of uh, four good thoughts on discipleship. Hit us with this number one thought on discipleship. Yeah, I think for us, it's been important to to realize that our strategic thinking needed to change uh, the way that we approach that into more adaptive thinking and the realization that the speed of change is so rapid that and that the playbook of how to do church, if you will, has really been thrown out and And so the books haven't been written yet in terms of like what's going to happen and what and how to do it. So we're in a season of experimentation. And so we want to be able to give ourselves permission to go out and try things and to be very adaptive in it uh, in this season. And so the question has shifted for us that we're no longer asking, was the program successful, but rather what do we learn from the experience. And so using the observation, interpretation, invention, uh, intervention cycle, you know, we're asking like, what do we see um, during uh, the activity that we planned or the, um, and so this week we'll be debriefing our training from Sunday and we'll be like, what did we see? Uh, what did, what did this mean? Like, what did the leaders come prepared to talk about? And, and, and what does this mean to us now? What are we learning? What are we hearing from them? And then uh, that will inform our next month's training on how we might grow and change to be more impactful in terms of, in this case, leadership development. And you know, we're also thinking about, again, how did the metrics change? And we're talking more engagement as opposed to just pure attendance and pure uh, budget numbers. And so, um, so that informs how we take next steps. And so we don't have a 10-year plan. Uh, we have uh, a 2021 plan <laughs> and we're making adjustments as, as we go. Yeah, that's really good. I think you and I were in a meeting together where Todd Bolsinger was talking about the rate of change and, yeah. and what we've experienced. You know, I think we experienced now every three to four months about a decade of change previously. Uh, and I think he said something along the lines that, in another decade, it will be every 11 minutes we'll experience that kind of change, which is, it's just unfathomable, but also here we are, right? Like this, what we grew up, the rate of change of us growing up as as kids is now every quarter. And it's, it's fascinating. Um, it can be terrifying, but what I'm hearing you say is it's actually exciting. There's some, some new life, some new growth and and a way to engage communities uh, and people that, want to have these spiritual conversations that there's still a hunger and thirst for jesus um it's just about how we imaginatively do this work yeah absolutely i I mean i we're excited i mean and sometimes it can be exhausting um 
you know, because you're having to rethink everything. And that's part of the lament is like, well, you know, how we knew we knew how to do church. We just kept trying to do it a little better, a little better every time. And now it's like, okay, well, now we have to rethink all of these things. And and it can be exciting and it can it can be exhausting. Sometimes it's like, ah, you know, why can't we just do VBS like we always did? <laughs> that thought's but, never entered my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. So this is like this is the big day for all of the uh, apostles and uh, prophetic people and the evangelists. Like we're we're ready to go. We've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> That's really great. Well, Laura, thank you so much for, for taking time out and, and having this conversation. I deeply appreciate it. And, and I think, you know, it, it does. There's there's room for lament. There's room for excitement um, and, and room to just keep keep moving forward. I think and that's that's a big thing for us. So thank you again so much for being here. Uh, thank you for joining us on Five Good Thoughts on Discipleship. And we look forward to further conversations down the road. Have a good day.